Hi guys and welcome to episode 5 of the Around the World podcast. This week um, we've got Football Club Britannico on the podcast. Uh, This is a team uh, from Spain, um, the number one English speaking team in Spain and they're based in Madrid, uh, six divisions away from La Liga in the Segunda Regional, Group 5 and they also have a B team as well. They've got players from England, Spain, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, Northern Ireland, Norway, USA and Switzerland. Um, And I'm sure they've had players from all around the world, really, which makes them ideal for this podcast. Um, I'll be joined by Rob Liley, uh, who's their top scorer, and also Aaron Sutcliffe as well, who's their player manager. So it should be really interesting to hear all about this English-speaking team in Madrid, um, sort of getting used to the culture and all the players' careers as well. So I hope you enjoy. Okay, so thanks guys for coming on. Uh, Maybe if you just want to start off the podcast uh, by briefly introducing yourself. I don't know, uh, Rob, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. So I um, I'm from Sheffield, uh, born and raised. Um, I went and studied then in Manchester um, when I was um, when I was 18. Um, well, born and raised, I'll start by saying a Sheffield United fan as well. Um, and then, kind of, what brought me to Spain at first was um, in my third year, I was offered the chance to do a, an Erasmus year in Sevilla. And I like I jumped at the chance with me and my friends, and we ended up living in Nervion, which is the the barrio for for Sevilla in Sevitas. And we um, we went down and we said, "Should we see how much is a season ticket?" We're like, "We're students, we've not got that much money," but we couldn't believe that it was three hundred and thirty euros for the full season, and um, including Europa League games. So we went, we bought the season ticket, and well, funnily enough, as they do most of the time, they won that year as well, and. That was an incredible year, and that kind of opened my eyes to to being in Spain, living the culture, and I just said I I need to come back, and um, and now I've been two years here in Madrid as well, um, and I play a striker for the for the Britannicos, and yeah, I, I love being here, love being in Spain, and it's a uh, it's a beautiful country, for sure. Oh yeah, thanks for that. Um, we'll definitely be coming on to talk more about your obviously move to Spain and adapting to life there a little bit later as well. Um, Aaron, if you want to just maybe introduce yourself as well. Yeah, so Aaron and I'm uh, I'm from originally from near Manchester in a town called Oldham uh, in the northwest of England. I've uh, I've been in Spain for just over three years, um, and um, yeah, I suppose yeah. Obviously, we'll talk about the motivations for coming here. But um, prior to this, I was I was in London for eleven years. Um, went to university, did my masters in London, and, and prior to that was in uh, Leicester for for university. And prior to that, born and raised in the northwest, so on the Lancashire side of the uh, of the north, as opposed to Rob's Yorkshire side of things. Um, but I'm actually I'm, I'm a centre back, but I'm also I'm manager, so I'm player manager for the last twelve months. Uh, I'm still hanging on for dear life as a as a player, uh, turning thirty eight in September. Um, but yeah, so I'm still playing, but I'm also the manager. Uh, alongside our head coach, uh, Neil Moran. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my profile, if you like, at, at Football Club Britannicos. Yeah, excellent. Cheers for that, lads. And we'll, we'll come on uh, to speak about the club now. Um, but firstly, I just basically wanted to talk to the two of you, really, about your move to Spain. So I'm um, I'm from Wales, obviously. Um, and although I'm down south, the weather, I assume, is pretty much 
similar to north. So I imagine maybe a factor in the move was the weather uh, in Spain, a lot sunnier over there. Um, but yeah, if you just really wanted to talk about um, why, why you decided to move to Spain. I know Rob mentioned it already uh, briefly. Yeah, so, um, well, obviously the opportunity just came up and then, yeah, as you men- mentioned, the weather, the food, um, they are they're, they're a lot warmer. They always say um, in Spanish translation, Spanish, English people are cold. And I can kind of see that a little bit first because they're so... Uh, it's so friendly, the culture, they invite you to a drink immediately as soon as you sit down. They, they're so excited to find out your story. And, yeah, a big changer is is uh, being able to shoot to the beach. Um, so, for example, and last weekend I was just in Valencia. And um, it's a nice coast, coach trip compared to when I was young and I used to do it to Blackpool and Skegness. No, no offence to them places, they all love it. They have their own personality which I do love, but yeah, there's something special about Valencia and Barcelona, those places. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's the, that's the, um, the big advantage and that kind of breeds the positive, friendly culture because of the weather. So, um, so did you move over on your, on your own then, uh, to, to Spain? To Spain? Um, I, I, I moved over here with some uni friends at first. Um, so we were, originally looking for work placements and we were struggling to find them uh, we studied sports marketing and we were struggling to find them and they came and said if you want you can have an opportunity to go around Europe and travel on Erasmus and Sevilla was the only city that had uh, more than four uh, openings to go so we applied uh, I had no idea, no idea about the city before I moved and we were all accepted so then that summer was literally just planning a what felt was like a lad's holiday for the for the full year, and yeah, we we just fell in love with the city, the culture. A few of the lads met their girlfriends there, and they've, they've still been together for a while. So yeah, everything about it is a it's a special city, and and Spain's a special place as well. Yeah, so you sort of really fell in fell in love with Spain from from quite a young age, really. And you sort of do you see yourself sort of staying there, you know, for long long term. Yeah, I, I do actually. I um, I've, I, I've done different stints a few workplaces. So I did, first of all, I did the Erasmus in Sevilla, and I had to return back to Manchester to finish my final year. And I wanted to go back again, and I worked in an Irish bar in in Sevilla, and that was amazing as well. And then I met people who were from Barcelona, and they said, "Oh, why don't you come and visit?" So I I, I gave Barcelona a year as well, teaching English. And then a friend I met there, he said, oh, I'm going to move to Madrid for one year. Do you fancy it? And I said, so basically, why not? I wanted to hit kind of the three big cities. And then Madrid and uh, meeting the Britannical lads and the culture really, like, really settled me down because it is like a community. And I thought, who doesn't want to stay here? Who doesn't want to to leave this place? Yeah. So, yeah. Well- no, no, Sorry, normally my friendship groups were always at one year and then they left, but okay. everyone's the same, everyone's staying here in Madrid, so I thought there's no reason to rush off. Yeah, we'll definitely be coming on to a social aspect of Britannicos uh, later, because already from what you guys have said, it seems to be like a massive part of the club, sort of the social aspect, and especially all English speaking as well. Uh, I can imagine that it's very attractive for all, you know, in Spain, all those that maybe uh, can't speak as much Spanish. Um, yeah, it must be a great little community you have, really. 
Um, so yeah, Aaron, how did you get in, uh, involved in moving over to Spain? Was it from a young age yourself, or is it only recently in the well, last few years? Similarly, fell in love with the culture at a young age, I think, just from some holidays um, when I was kind of 18, 19, had some brilliant experiences, and yeah, the similar thing, I, I, I thought it was a very family-orientated family place, and kind of generous with their kind of time, and but also the culture of eating outdoors, um, the outdoors aspect to it, the sun, all the obvious things really, the women obviously are quite attractive, <laughs> um, <laughs> all the obvious things, so yeah. I always thought, you know, I really like Spain as a place. And then about five years ago, six years ago, I kind of, I'd been working in London for a decade and and the speed of life in London, I think, had, had got to the point where I, I wanted a change. Uh, I wanted a new challenge, but I also probably wanted to just turn down the speed of life a little bit. And I knew I liked the culture in Spain. Um, so I decided to come on my own uh, four years ago. I, you know, I had a great experience in London, lots of good friends, but wanted to just do something that was a new challenge for me. So one was like living in another country where, you know, you, you're not the kind of social majority of your life and trying to learn a, learn a new language, which I'm slowly getting there with, but very slowly. Um, yeah, and, and just do something new. So I came out here without a job initially. Um, I kind of resigned in my existing post in London and then came out initially without a job, but very quickly was fortunate enough to, to get a job and settle quite quickly. And um, yeah, and then since then, no looking back really, it's has, it has been a wonderful experience. Um, you know, somewhere different, I think Spain is a, a really nice balance in the sense that it is different, very different. Um, but there's also lots of things that we've got in common and football being one of them. You know, we, we share yeah. a passion for, for sport, for football. Um, and also, you're not that far away. You know, I've got friends yeah. who've gone and lived abroad. And, you know, if you go to the U USA or you go to Australia, you're, you're quite a long way away, aren't you? Whereas, to be honest, it takes me just as short a time to get back to, to Manchester as it did from London. Yeah. So it's kind of quite nice in, in that way. Um, and then as Rob says, you, you kind of what's on your doorstep, just, just this period in lockdown, um, because we've not been travelling about before, you know, let's make the most of Spain. And like Rob, I was in Valencia the week, weekend before him. I've been up to the north of Spain, which I don't know if you ever go to Spain. That's one of the less travelled areas, the, the northern territories of Galicia and Asturias and Cantabria. Uh, absolutely stunning parts yeah. of uh, Spain up there. So, yeah, you're making the most of those opportunities. But, yeah, it's a special place, I think. So it's difficult, as Rob to said, once you've been here a few years to kind of move away from that from that lifestyle which you get used to. So um Aaron enjoys his time. Sorry. No, no, Aaron enjoys his time on the dance floor as well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And why not? You is, know? Bit of English flair, bit of Lancashire flair on the dance floor. Is he uh, is he a good dancer? Um I think he likes to think he is. He's um his hips don't move as fast as probably <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's all in the hips in it, Rob. And um, well, his, his Latin Latin girlfriend, she's got it in her blood. It's an eight for her, so he's <laughs> learning. Um, so, in terms of the the football club, um, yeah, if you just like to sort of tell all the listeners, maybe, and obviously myself as well, uh, I've done a little bit of reading up on it um, in advance of the podcast, uh, but just tell us about the club, really, about um, yeah, football club Botanicos. 
Yeah, shall I, shall I start on this one, Rob? Just to give yeah. a bit of a kind of background. Yeah, well, it was formed in 1972, I think, initially um, with the idea of having English speakers to come together and play some, some football. Um, and it's, it's kind of a gradually evolved from there. Um, there's a couple of English-speaking teams now in, in Madrid, but um, we wanted to, I'd say about 10 years ago, start to really play a lot more seriously and in the federation uh, of the Madrid leagues and try and climb up the leagues. Um, you know, train twice a week, do things a little bit more seriously whilst also retaining our kind of English-speaking identity but with an international feel, but um, also retaining the fact that it's a, it's a welcome place for people who are English-speaking to come. So, yeah, a lot of our players are from the UK and Ireland, um, but we've we're also got English speakers from you know, the USA, obviously, but from Norway, from Italy, um, from, from Brazil. You know, we've got lad, lads from all over the place. So it's very much an international community, but with, I suppose, that English aspect, um, we've got that in common. Um, and I suppose the, the, the kind of ethos behind it is to play high-level football. We're in Segunda Regional. Uh, we finished sixth last season, and we, but we, we're very much trying to drive to promote ourselves to the Primera, which is approaching the best football you can play in Madrid. Um, so we do take it very seriously. Um, you know, we've got a head coach who's UEFA qualifies, you know, very good. Um, we're trying to drive and raise standards and get the best English-speaking footballers in Madrid to try to be attracted to come and play for us, really. So I think we have seen a lot of progress, particularly over the last kind of five or so years, where we got promoted two years ago. Um, with a really enjoyable season there. And then we kind of consolidated our position last last year, the season before this one, um, staying up just about in a pretty thrilling end of season, last 10 games where we averted relegation or avoided relegation. Um, and then this kind of coming season, we've we've really gone on a little bit and felt that we, we very much can compete with the best teams in the Segunda Regional and we're looking upwards rather than downwards now. And, you know, certainly with, with lads that we've brought in in, in recent years, the, the standards raised and, yeah, we're hoping to get promoted. So it's kind of finding that balance, I think, between being high level, a high-level footballing team, but also very much with that social aspect that gives it a kind of unique experience. And I think some teams in our division are, are very much about the football, but probably don't retain the, the social side of stuff that we do. And we do all sorts of things from quizzes, you know, to like race nights and most lads are out, you know, out and about around Madrid regularly. Um, but they're also lads that keep themselves fit and train twice a week and play serious football on a, on a Sunday, which is a Sunday over here. The best football's played on a Sunday okay. in Spain. Yeah. So, um, so, so bearing that in mind, really, the sort of the social aspect uh, of, it, of it, as you like, then, um, I, there's two sort of avenues to go down here. So one, one of which I saw um, you've raised well over a £1,000 doing some sort of marathon uh, during lockdown. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of looked at... I mean, one of the, the, the challenges always with a, with a club like ours is obviously the financial side of things. And... Um, we, we were stuck, lockdown was a pretty unique experience over here. I'm sure Rob can uh, pick up on that shortly. But we had a period where it was serious lockdown in Spain for a good kind of eight weeks um, where we couldn't leave the house at all other than to go and get our um, supermarket stuff to get food. Um, 
So we, you know, keeping fit and keeping ticking over for our sanity was, was pretty important to us. We were doing like indoor circuits uh, as, a, as a team, Football Britannicals, getting on Zoom like we are now and okay. doing circuits and things. But when we got to that point where we we're actually allowed to go out and do some exercise, it was it was pretty exciting time for us uh, just to be able to get out and run. So we thought we'd try and use that really productively. So we thought we'd maybe try and raise some money for charity, um, but also get some funds coming into the club as well so that we, when we do start playing again, we're in a, in a much better financial position. So, yeah, we did, I think it was over seven days, we were all to run a marathon, uh, try and get people to sponsor us, get behind us, and we raised some money for the club, as you say, and, but then we also raised some money for the NHS and the Spanish Red Cross over here as well. So we kind of split the funds um, between those three organisations, make a bit of money for the club, but also have a charitable aspect to it. But it was quite tough going, actually, because we'd not exercised for, uh, well, not exercised properly for almost two months. Hitting the road again and, and running was pretty tough going for some of us. So um, seven days running a marathon, it might not sound like much, it was, but it was pretty challenging, actually. I don't know how you found it, Rob, those, those tired legs of yours. No, I am um, kind of similar to what Aaron said. We were so excited to get out and and be ex be outside and exercise. I remember the first day, a few days before we started the actual marathon, we just said, oh, we'll just have a warm-up. And I remember the first K, I ran it just ridiculously fast, just because I was so excited <laughs> and sprinting. And then I thought, oh, I'll be rest for the fine. But the rest for the last 4K, I just wanted to do a warm-up five. And ended up walking the last two. And I, was, I was just blowing out my arse. I couldn't, I couldn't, I was like, wow, I'm really, I'm just so unfit. But, yeah, it was a pleasure, and it was quite fun because we had a, a WhatsApp social media group, and it kind of came a bit of a competition between some lads because because they were posting the times. They said the times didn't matter, which they didn't. But between I think three or four, and like my my friend Evan, we we made it a competition between us, ourselves. So even though we said, "Oh, take your time, just enjoy yourselves," secretly we were pushing each other. We were like, "No, I'm determined to beat him." Um, which I did, so that was no problem. Um, <laughs> but no, it was enjoyable. And um, yeah, it kind of just was, it was good to, to be back, um, even just virtually, just kind of like as the Britannical team that we'd be, been like together for so long. Yeah. Um, so you seem to have been a pretty pivotal uh, player for the team uh, this year. You scored, uh, sorry if I've got this wrong, is it 10 goals? Or are you talking about me then, you're talking about Rob. <laughs> 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 not, not ten own goals. <laughs> so you got ten goals. So you're the top scorer for the uh, for the side this season. Um, yeah. Has the the league's ended now? Is it unfortunately? Is it been has it been made null and void, or is it continuing? Um, I, I, do you know what? I, I'm actually not sure. It was one thing that I was going to I was wanting to bring up soon. Um, I'm hoping they're gonna. I think they're just going to continue continue the, the stats um, we'll see what kind of awards they're going to give out at the end of the season but from a, from a self perspective kind of thing it was it was the first year I played 11 aside for, for I think three years and um, my, my first objective when I went down and trained with the boys I was like okay, I just want to be in the team um, and I want to be competitive with them and then I think game by game I just took it and I, I really enjoyed it and I, I came into my element um, it, it was it was a strange one playing playing the actual games because it took me probably three or four to 
to get used to the the Spanish style and this style that they have. Um, it's kind of the one you see on TV. Um, obviously, if filtered down a bit, but they they can it can be like an element of gamesmanship sometimes. Um, but it, it's smart because you you have to just adjust with that. Like I think I think my my second game was a home game. We were playing top of the league. They were an excellent team and. Uh, I remember Alan, uh, Aaron said, "Oh, you need to find that that balance between aggression and passion." But I was just so excited, and I I, I wanted to prove a point of because it was my first season. I was like, "Okay, I want to be the player to to make the difference." And um, unfortunately, I did make a difference, but in the wrong way. And I, I was sent off in the first half for, for yeah. two killer cards. Yeah, talk talk just uh, a bit about that. I've seen you picked up a couple of cards as well this season, a couple of yellows and uh, one red. So what happened in uh, in that game? Well, it's weird because I like to think I'm kind of the typical British striker. I want to be physical, fast, and in the face. And sometimes they, even when just chasing a ball in the corner, that I think I can get. And if them they're in between the ball, they they can be quite. Well, I'd say probably they'd say smart, but I think they can go down soft. Yeah. And sometimes I've just been they've been soft fouls where I've ran into the back of them, they've fallen down. And the referee uh, at that level, he just says, if you do one more, you, you're getting a yellow card. So um, my f- in, th- in that game, my first yellow card was was a late tackle on a lad who me and him were having a bit of words. He was he was having some words in Spanish that I didn't like. <laughs> and he'd, he'd try and wind me up as well, say, oh, I can speak English, I can speak English. Um, and I told him, I don't, I don't really care, mate. Um, so yeah, the first one was a bit of a naughty challenge, uh, probably a yellow just justified. But then the the second one was the most frustrating because it was a bouncing ball that we were both going for, and it was about knee high. And I I got there first and knocked away the ball, uh, and their their defender, um, who was a big lad, he fell to the floor, clutching his knee, and I I didn't touch him, and then. Obviously, he was smart enough to know I was on a yellow already. And the referee went to his pocket, 40th minute, and sent me off. And I, I was probably shocked more than anything. And I, I didn't know what to do. And I, just because I knew I let the boys down so much. And then watching the rest of the game on the sideline, not seeing them run around so much as well. Um, and I think they scored in the, I think they scored two goals in the last five minutes. Um, to for them to win two 0 and it it was kind of heartbreaking. I was like, it, it was it was heartbreaking to let the lads down. But but we, I think we we learned from that and and I did I definitely learned from that and we were, we we got stronger from there. Yeah, I, I think it's a common thing though. Um, in the, in that first year of uh, adapting to, it's not just the way that the, the, the Spanish played football. It's also kind of the 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 refereeing and and the whole context really. There's not many people who haven't who've come from playing football in the in the UK or Ireland and then come over and not been sent off in their in the first season. I had the same thing, and uh, mine was less about a challenge it made was was just about where I'm actually placing the ball and not following the instructions from the referee. And they just so seems to be a bit that. more kind of pedantic about the little things and getting getting those things right. And uh, obviously in Rob's case, he was maybe just a bit overzealous and chasing the ball. I just don't think. Those bookings that you got in that game in the UK, they wouldn't have even registered as a card. And I had the same thing in my first season uh, as a player, and I, I was walking off the pitch in absolute disbelief. 
and couldn't believe I'd been sent off. But, but it is a thing that you learn that you've got to adapt and um, learn to play the game, if you like, and play smart in order to not actually penalise yourself. And sometimes it takes a bit of the fun out of it, a bit of the frustration with, with, with playing over here when you have played in the UK. But um, um, largely, we, we, we've kind of matured as a team, I think, haven't we, in that regard? Certainly the second half of the season, cards were were slightly less, apart from our mate Staffy, who uh, just can't help himself at times. He's another northerner who gets himself in the book quite a bit from, from talking too much generally. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an education, I think, coming over here and playing for the, for the first 12 months or so. It, it takes a bit of getting used to, I think. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's well, personally for me as a fan, I always like to see sort of like a striker with a bit of bite, you know, someone sort of like a McBurney uh, for, for Sheffield, as we were discussing earlier, you know, he's got that sort of aggression about him. Um, obviously, you know, it's learning to sort of you channel it, but I mean, you know, when you're, when you're bagging goals, of course, uh, as you have the season, Rob, um, you know, I don't, I don't think you've let the boys down at all, really, uh, although it might have felt like it to you in that game, you know, uh I think sort of that's what sort of fans and uh, people like to see. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Well, thanks for that, mate. I um, I'd like to think I um, I made Aaron and uh, Neil's here, our manager proud throughout the year and the boys um, because of the the close knit community. You just wanna you wanna win for your mates and um, and yeah, Mick Burney, I'm a Sheffield United fan and he's a he's a striker who I'm slowly game by game for, just falling in love with. I. Um, I love his. He, he's faster than what people give him. Um, I remember him talking in an interview about his speed on FIFA that he wasn't happy. And uh, fair enough, he probably shouldn't be because he, he has that speed. He's strong, and as, as a player like himself, for in our wing back system, Vendy Stevens on the left and George Bulldog, knowing that they've got a player in the middle like that, it's it's a big big threat and. He's um he's coming good, especially his goal against Chelsea. He took it really well, headed it down, and yeah, he's a he's a pers- he's a strong personality in the team. And I um twenty million was a big price tag, but I I, th- I was happy with it. I mean, he's um not many not many British strikers are are cheap uh, these days. And no, yeah, I'm sorry to nick him from you. Joe uh, from Swansea, but he's um, he's a boy I'm a, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, it's his work rate, and also as well, like like you said, his, mentioned his strength, and like he he doesn't look like someone who's uh, who's very strong, to be honest. You know, he's just tall, wiry, lanky. Um, but yeah, you know, and he scored it's like Man U, uh, Arsenal. No, not Arsenal. Sorry, Man U, Chelsea, Spurs this season. Uh, so yeah, I think he's been a good steal as well. Uh, another, yeah. sorry, another Yorkshire lad as well from Leeds. So yeah, I think. The white roses give the strikers, and the red <laughs> roses give the the defenders probably. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, not open that kind of words. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, in, in terms of your uh, team, um, have you got? So, obviously, Aaron, your um, your player manager. Um, but in yeah. in terms of the team, have you got quite a youngish team? I think we've got a nice blend, really. Um, Obviously, the nature of people that come over to Spain are often just out of university. So they're kind of 22, 23 years old age. Is sometimes, certainly from UK and Ireland, the age in which they come over. You then got, there is a group of us who are more around the 30 mark. Um, so there is a, a bit of experience in there. Some, some of the Spanish guys are a little bit older than we've got here who've been around a little bit. Um, you know, they played in that, in, 
some of the higher divisions and, and then come and play with us. So we have got a real a real mix. And yeah, and then we also get lads who've been on the Erasmus scheme. And so we're in like that year in university where they come over and just have a year and, and play for us. Um, we've got two teams, so you know there's the opportunity for football for quite a lot of lads. Um, so we've got a reserve team and a, and a first team. Um, so yeah, we, we, we've got lads that are, are 19, and then we've got lads, the eldest being myself, who's 37, still playing, and um, one lad I think is 33, two 30-year-olds, and then Rob, what are you are you 26? Are you 27? I know you've had a tough tape around, but. <laughs> A very tough, supporting Sheffield United all that time. Uh, 26, 26 years old, 26 years 26, old. 26, sorry, I thought he was 32. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Rob's a kind of decent profile. I think that he, that's a similar age to, to some of the lads there. So, yeah, we've got. A, I think we've got a nice... We've been very happy with the blend of experience and youth that we've had this year. It's, it's a good set of lads. And, and as I say, I think we've seen the progress over recent years. Um, lads that are coming with... Decent experience at, at good levels of football, um, who played the game a bit, and I think that's important as well. The bit of experience and personality that, that the boys bring, as as well as their playing ability, um, has been important. Because um, we're we're a group of lads that spend a lot of time together, and um, as I say, playing football three times a week, but also socialising and helping each other out in in the foreign circumstances of, of Madrid. Yeah. So. Um... Do you want to talk to me a bit about this uh, social aspect then of the uh, of the side? Um, I think you said before you had a few anecdotes maybe uh, for, for me and the listeners. So uh, we've already heard about your dance moves. Uh, so what what else is there really? Yeah. Well, I mean, Rob leads the charge on this one. He's, he's slightly younger than me. He's got 10 years on me. So he's, he's the man who's out and about in town. Well, um, I think at least, at least one every, once every six weeks, we, uh, we often have um, a lad's night out. And it starts off with the curry, probably typical British, and then <laughs> um, and then we're on to this street, um, an, an area called Lavapiers. That's um, basically, I think these must be twenty-five bars in a row. So a few times we just bar hop, and a few times recently when we've been getting to the end, uh, and there's a few ales in us, we've been doing a few races between the lads, and we've been comp- it's been uh, generally put into who's the quickest striker, who's the quickest centre midfielder. Um, who was the quickest keeper? Um, probably my favourite race was Josh Staffy uh, versus Tom Anley, both uh, my new fans. And there was a lot of chat between um, Tom Anley blew out in the end. I think he might have even fallen on the floor. But um, <laughs> no, yeah, there's, there's always there's always a good few few nights out that we have. And the two keepers racing was quite an amusing one, wasn't it? Graham and Pabsy. Graham and Pabsy, yeah. Phil as well. Um, yeah. Probably not your tip. I remember I, I recorded it as well, and probably not your typical modern day football. I think Phil had a cigarette in his man in his mouth. <laughs> not the race. And uh, pardon the pun, he was still puffing at the end because he, he he wasn't he wasn't feeling it. But, yeah. No, he's it, nothing good. We are uh, probably my fit. I remember the your first um, night out with the lads. You have to get up and. And do a rendition of a, a song. You have to do a karaoke, and there's yeah. been some good, good ones. I, I remember Bump and Grind or Kelly. Um, <laughs> what yeah, was he? I remember Tom got a few classics in there, hasn't he? When it, did he do Bewitched or something or Spice Girls? Oh, he did a from the bottom of his heart. Torn, Natalie Imbruglia. He, he's only yeah. yeah, that was special. 
if uh, if I ever uh, make it over to Spain or Madrid, and uh, I'll give you a text, I can bang out a rendition of Sweet Caroline for you on the uh, on the on the karaoke. Feel free, feel free to press on, John. So yeah, you seem you know you seem a really close knit, obviously club off the pitch. Um, would you say that definitely helps you sort of on the pitch as well? You have a sort of like a good understanding of one another. Yeah, I mean, I remember me and Aaron a few times have talked about it happening. And after a night out, it's often followed, not by chance, it's often followed um, a bad set of results. And then this night out is just the night out on the Friday, recovering on the Saturday. And I remember a few times now we've had a few good set of results after nights out. I remember once we we went on a a two-win win streak and uh, and we picked up a good draw as well um, and it, it's funny how it does it does bring you guys together you learn more about everyone individually because there's 30 plus of the lads and sometimes you actually don't know all their stories it's, all, it's always good to find out and and yeah it does it does definitely bring us close it feels like that community and we all we all look out for each other yeah, um, so I just, yeah, really I wanted to ask you as well. Um, so I think obviously Aaron briefly touched on it earlier, sort of like the ambition for the club. Just sort of really how far do you sort of see your, you, you know, you guys going? I mean, you're only sort of six steps away from the Liga, which when you say it like that, you know, that's, that's obviously like really, you know, that's not, not that far away, is it really at all? Yeah, no, I, I, we're, we're very ambitious. You know, we want to play as, as high as we can. I think obviously... The, we're not attempting to be a professional club. I don't think that's what we're about in terms of ethos. But we want to be a team that plays, that takes the best English-speaking um, footballers that are coming to Madrid. Um, I think if we were saying, like, what's our short-term ambition over the, over the next five years, we'd love to be winning the, the league above Primera, which is basically the highest level before you start um, paying players Seriously, yeah, and um, you know there there are I think in the league above and in our league there are teams that are paying players. We're not in that position at the moment, so there'd, there'd have to be quite a lot of reform, I think, or development off the pitch to, to get there, which is not out of the question, you know. We, and we're open to investment if anyone's listening. Uh, <laughs> to give the big bucks, but um, you know we've made a lot of progress through fundraising. The off the pitch thing side of things has become a lot more organised, but. Um, I think there's a few steps to take before we we start looking at, at you know really moving beyond that. But I think realistically, we, the way in which we've been progressing, we, we'd love to be competing to win the league, league above. We, we want to get promoted. That's the that's the short term aim, um, and then to win the league above, you know, and, and that probably equates to some of the semi semi pro divisions that are in the UK. You know, it's at least as good as that. So yeah, it's. That, that's what we want. We want to achieve while sustaining that element that we've got, where it is social, it is a welcoming club, it's inclusive, it's international. But there's that serious element to it, where we're a, everyone knows that we're a brand, a team, a brand with that takes its football very seriously. Um, and then beyond that, growing, you know, we have got a B team. You know, we could look to have a C team that that sustains that community element that we that we have as well. Because um, I think that is a very attractive. Thing. And I think when lads come over and they've played at a high level, um, because we're a self-funded club, we have that challenge of, of selling who we are, really. Um, and we do want to play football seriously, and we're set up to do that. But we also want to make sure that we, 
we give people a unique experience of, of, of being in Madrid when they come over here. And um, I think if we lost that, we'd lose an element of what we are. And yeah. I think that's important to retain as well, you know. Um, so it's an interesting balance. No, I, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I was just going to ask as well, because I know like some of the people that will be listening in are like quite keen, like ground hoppers and stuff. I was just wondering, do you have sort of like your own stadium or pitch or um, like where, like what's the name of it really and where it's located in Madrid? Yeah, we, we don't own it. We've been there for a few years now um, and it's down in Vallecas. Um, it's Campo La Union is, is the name of it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's got a little stand there. It's, it's a nice little setup. Um, we've been there for three seasons. Um, we're kind of not fixed there, if you like. You know, we... we We'd like to progress and, um, you know, you, you never know where it takes you, but continue to de- develop the facilities. But it's a good setup there. It is a, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a good, um, it's all 3G Astro there. Um, it's only really in the professional leagues that they play on grass. Um, and I think until 10 years ago, a lot of the pitches were actually the sand-based stuff as well. Yeah. And there's one or two, two of the clubs still play on the sand-based stuff. So that's an interesting experience. Um but yeah, playing on the 3G, and again, I think that changes some of the style of football as well, and particularly lads that have been playing in semi-pro leagues in, in the UK and Ireland, where it's a lot of long ball, it's it's fast-paced stuff, it's probably higher defensive lines as well, um, and a lot more combative, a lot more 50-50s, whereas it's a bit more of a game of chess. Huh? It's kind of a typical thing to say about Spanish football, but I think it really is the case, and Speaking as a defender, as a centre half, certainly full backs and centre halves, you you you've got more of a playmaking role because you, you're on the ball so much and um, you have a longer time with the ball as a team. And you, I think we've had to learn that about having patience and what we do with the ball, thinking through how we move in play, uh, rather than a lot more direct in teams that have played uh, in the UK. So that tactical side of things, I think, is really important in Spain. Um, and that, I think that honestly comes, yes, from obviously the type of players, but but also from the, the type of pitches that they're, that they're playing on over here. Everyone's playing on, on 3Gs. Yeah, 3G. I didn't, I didn't realise that was uh, such a big thing there. I mean, uh, we've we, we've got 3G in Wales. We've uh, we've got that far. Uh, but there's only a few <laughs> clubs who, uh, who, who, re- who really use it, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they should, I think they should go for it big time. I think... There's some debate over whether it creates more injuries, but yeah. I think certainly parts of the country where pitches are pretty diabolical, you know, it's, it's tough to sustain a, a grass pitch throughout a season that you're playing on regularly. And I think there's great value, particularly on some of the brand new pitches that they, they, they have now, are, are really high quality, and I think it makes for a better game, personally. Yeah, yeah. I think just, yeah, from a player's perspective, it, you, you have to stay on your feet because... Obviously, you can't be going sliding about, and there's no hiding place. It does create footballers, and you, you've got to value that first touch, keeping your head up. And in, yeah, like Aaron said, it is that chess match. Yeah, quite a few times we've had to mix and match with formations, and towards the end we did find ours. That was a three-five-two, and I think that was because we found, um, yeah, the good play, good playmakers around the pitch and. And we, we found that balance. And I don't think the Spanish, I'd probably you'd agree, I think the Spanish players weren't used to their 3 5 2. Um, yeah. And I think it suited our, our style definitely to yeah. be in their face um, as players. 
It was a, yeah. Yeah, I think he kind of caught them out a little bit as well with the two up front, didn't it? Because, again, you expect a Spanish team to set up 4-3-3 generally, don't you? Or, or certainly with that one one pivotal striker with the two wider men uh, that rotate a little bit. But almost all teams we play set up in that similar vein. And um, I think we scrambled them a little bit when we went to 3-5-2. And certainly at our level, when we had two good strikers up there um, causing issues, it definitely ruffled their feathers a little bit and certainly worked for us. Uh, and then the three in midfield, we still retain the three in midfield where we can keep the ball a little bit better. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting part of the season when we made that change, uh, stylistically. Um, changed how we were playing and, as I said, kind of upset the rhythm of a lot of the Spanish teams. I um, Personally, I preferred it as well because trying to do a press as a lone striker <laughs> when you've got Puyol... Um, Busquets and BK just pinging it around in a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, fun. So having a partner there, we could press it. Yeah, it definitely help. Especially if you've, especially if you've had like a heavy night out or something in the week, you don't want to be, uh, you don't want to be running yeah. round. <laughs> I know. Never told them that. Yeah. <laughs> saying, it doesn't do that. Never, Rob. Never. Never. Luke today the night before. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so. That, it's good to hear, obviously, your team's um, uh, ambition. I hope, you know, you do kick on as a team and, you know, get that promotion. You seem to be in good form. I think I think I looked earlier, you only had, like, maybe one loss, I think, since since the turn of the year. Um, so, yeah. you know, it seems like you're definitely on your way. Um, I was just wondering, sort of, for you two, really, where where your, sort of, you know, ambitions, Rob, sort of, as a player, and Aaron as a player as well, but also, you know, in the coaching, sort of, pathway, uh, sort of, what, what you want. Um, uh, yeah, I mean... It's, it's an interesting one being player manager. I've, I've had a bit of experience for a team called Knoxborough in, in London that I've played for for 10 years. And um, it's a really difficult balance because I think you've got to, you've got to earn your position on the pitch, which is difficult, particularly as you're, you're getting on a little bit and you know making sure you're being fair and uh, objective in that sense. But then also you're directing kind of lads who are on the pitch with you as well. So you've, you've got to be able to ensure that you're your voice is being heard, really. Um, you know, and I, hopefully, I feel like we've, we've had success with that. And obviously, Neil, the head coach, Neil Moran, does a lot of work as well in terms of how we set up in our, our coaching side of things. He's a very qualified coach. And um, me and him kind of complement each other quite well. But I think, yeah, in terms of... I've probably definitely got another season playing. That might be it. That might be one more. Um, but we'll see how we go with that physically. Um, but I've really enjoyed the, the management experience and, yeah, who, who knows, um, depending on where I am and what I'm doing. I, I, at the moment, I see my immediate future in, in Madrid, so um, I you know, want, want to continue to be involved with Football Club Britannicos. It's you know, a great setup, great, great group of lads. Um, and there's a project there, I think, a really interesting project of seeing us develop each year and... Um, I think as long as you're seeing progress and you feel like you're getting something out of it, um, it's it's a pretty good thing. And I, I always think it's a privilege to lead amongst your peers, you know, um, to be able to, one, have, have enough respect from people to accept that that, that, that you're leading them, um, but then also to, you know, have the opportunity to develop your ideas and put things into practice and then see a top group of lads uh, have a go at doing it and buy into it. I think that's quite a special thing. So I, I personally see it as a privilege, and as, lo- as long as it's going well uh, and we're going in the right direction, and I feel like I'm the right man to be doing it. Um, 
there's no immediate um, reason to move. And you know, I've, I've really enjoyed being being a part of it. So yeah, certainly once the once the playing days are done, I'd um, I'd like to continue being involved in football management and being involved in football for sure. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's a great thing to to be part of, isn't it? I love it. What about you, Rob? You've got your yeah. back to Sheffield United in the next 12 months. Yeah, well, hopefully, Chris, Chrissy Wilder's coming over to Madrid, sending Ali Mill. Uh, no, I um, obviously, I, I just want to play at the, like, the highest standard possible. Uh, I'd love for, for us to gain promotion this year and, and then be a team, as Aaron said. Next year, I'd love for us to be, the following season, a team who are in the division above, challenging for promotion again. Um, from a personal point of view, I, I, I want to be the top goal scorer of, of the league. Um, to, uh, at the start of this year, I missed a few games for registration and um, obviously ascending off. So I, I, was, I wasn't there at the top, but I felt that if I had a full season, I, I could have been up there. Um, and then I'd like, I'd like to, for us Britannicos to have a good reputation where teams respect our... Um, our physicality that we bring, but also our playing style. Not just see as a team, oh, they're, they're physical, they, they want to bully you guys, but also as a, as a good footballing team where we have that, that, that perfect balance. And, yeah, I'd like, I'd like teams to be, to be nervous to players, which, which I think towards the end of, of last season, we definitely were. I think we, um, we, we were a very tough team to, to play against. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's good to hear. And, um, you know, I, I follow obviously like Spanish football in terms of like the top division, but I haven't really, it's probably one of the countries where I don't, you know, follow the football as much. So I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for, for you lads in the future. And, um, you know, my mates and I have been uh, looking at going over to Spain, you know, for like a bit of a lads weekend and stuff. We didn't know where to go to so like New, uh, Barcelona or Madrid. So I'm hoping like maybe I can persuade them now to go to Madrid, you know, or watch uh, a game at the Bernabeu. And then, uh, you know, hopefully the dream would be to come and watch you lads uh, play a match. And then uh, we could... Yeah. We could uh... Absolutely, we'll, we'll look after you and show you the ropes. Don't worry about that. Yeah, and then we can maybe, you know, have a few beers afterwards or whatever. And, uh, yeah, see how all you uh, northern lads can handle your beer. And, uh... <laughs> We're not all northern. I just want to qualify that. It's quite... A diverse group of us, but yeah. You've got a few Welsh. You got a few Welsh boys there, or? Uh... Um, we've had we have one or two actually, yeah. Um, there's a lad with us last year. I think was up, up from Wrexham way. Um, so we have had one or two over the last three years. Not not many more than that. I'm sure um, running deeper into the to the history, there's there's been a few. Um, we've got a, a really good Irish contingent. Uh, there we've got we got a few Scots as well come over and then yeah a healthy dose of Northerners and then one or two from down south as well. Um, but yeah, I think it I think it's it's, it's brilliant in that sense as well that we've, we've got such a, a wide range of lads from UK and Ireland, but then also stretching across to as I say from Norway and Spanish and the international aspect of it is is quality. And um, you know because I think when you play back home you, you're used to having lads from the same town, aren't you? We're all in your same football team. You kind of represent a region. That's right. Whereas yeah. that, that international aspect of it is is brilliant. Really interesting group of lads. Yeah. 
No, I, I d- I'd agree with you, yeah, you know, it's definitely something different and, uh, you know, it, it opens sort of, you know, a lot of avenues and uh, opens your horizons, really, as both a person and a player. Um, but yeah, like I said, you know, um, thanks very much, lads, both of you for coming on. Um, it's been great to hear about your team, obviously, and I look forward to staying in touch uh, in the future. Is there anything else, you know, you wanted to sort of uh, bring up before we wrap up? No, I think the only thing is, if anyone who's listening, check us out. Come, come and read about us on footballclubbritannico.com, footballclubbritannico, we're on Instagram and Facebook and things. So there's loads of stuff on there that we're doing. Um, as I say, the social side of stuff, there's events going on pretty much every month. And and if you're ever in Madrid, come and check us out, come and watch us, come and get involved. It's a, it's a great place to uh, to be involved in. As soon as you're, yeah, I'm going to say, as soon as you're coming down, as soon as you're in Madrid, if you message us, uh, reach out to us we'll look after you during the weekend and if you come to watch the game you'll be a part of that community so it'd be nice to have um, a Britannico like little following like we can have some Britannico ultras I'd love that <laughs> yeah we can uh, I don't know I don't know if they allow flares over in Spain uh, but yeah I'm sure we can uh, we can get something like that sorted <laughs> we get a few chance planned already yeah uh, well, thanks, lads. I'll I'll definitely be uploading all your links, you know, to your social media and stuff. Afterwards, I'll be pl- I'll plug those. And uh, yeah, thanks once again for coming on. Thanks, Joe. Cheers, Joe. Cheers. Appreciate it.